Hey, Hawkeye fans, welcome back. We are recapping our Minnesota game and what is a fair catch. Matt will break it down for us. We're going to have Logan Lee chatting today for our interview and we're talking bye week and a couple extra things that I'm going to surprise Matt with. This is Talking Hawks presented by Hills Bank. No matter where you are in life, Hills Bank is here to help you succeed. Whether you're buying your first house, saving for your child's future, or preparing for retirement, you can count on the people at Hills Bank for the support you need to reach your goals. It's easy to connect with a banker in person, over the phone, or on hillsbank.com, because we believe banking is better through human connection. Hills Bank is an equal housing lender and FDIC member. Okay, hello, Matt. How are you doing? Hey, God is good. It's another, it's another day, another <laughs> dollar. Are we, are we 24 hours yet? By the time that we're recording this, no, but by the time people listen to it, yes. Okay, so we're not quite over it, and that's okay. I'm we, not quite well, over it. <laughs> we're in the midst of the game when we're recording this. Okay. Okay, so let's just let's just do it. Let's talk about is it a fair catch? Is it not? Because I'm just saying I saw a lot of different viewpoints of the whole situation. It's not a fair catch. It wasn't. It just wasn't. <laughs> so as my time as a punt returner. Yes. Okay. So this is the thing. Matt returned punts for how many years? A couple of years. A couple of years. So if anybody's going to know, first of all, it's LeVar Woods and Cooper DeGene, but also Matt. Okay, go ahead. So in my time (laughs) as a punt returner, the ref would always say, if you're going to fair catch, make sure it's clear and high above your head. Okay. That's all the phrasing it would be. Okay. So did they ever tell you anything about pointing? So pointing became a thing later, probably about my fifth year, probably in 2017, where you could point and then still advance it. Okay. So like we see Cooper do that all the time. Yeah. And we see other guys do it all the time. So I actually also saw a couple of clips on Twitter, of course, um, where it was like somebody, I should know who posted it and give him like credit, but it was like four other times when there was like, he was pointing and like- He points a lot and, and then no, And it. there was also a- um, a Minnesota player, their punt returner did the same thing. And he was pointing like this. Waving his arms and pointing. Yes. Like this two at the same time, like kind of like get out of the way kind of, because what do you guys say? Peter, Peter, something like that. Yeah. It, it cracks me up when say? people, well, it cracks me up when people say poison, because if you think about having a mouth guard in your mouth and trying yeah. to say the word poison, poison's really hard to say like with your mouth guard in. So I, I never understood that, but yeah, at Iowa, we've always said Peter, 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 and then you point at it. And I think this is kind of going back to Penn State where it hit off of one of our uh, one of our corners you know backs mm-hmm. and so they're probably checking a little bit more because we haven't seen anything since then I don't think he's doing anything differently I just think that the guys are checking him more often but the Minnesota players didn't act like he called for a fair catch no not at all and neither did the Minnesota sideline so just saying even with his shoulders where the wave was, but it wasn't a wave because I also saw, because I watched the the from the front, and I'm just saying a lot of things that other people have already said, but just sharing my anger with them. <laughs> and this is a positive podcast, but this is so irritating, um, only because Cooper's a friend of the podcast, not only He's because a of that. Of the pod. And it's just like, you took away like a, a really big, like monumental historical play in Kinnick Stadium for Cooper DeGene. Like, ah, just such a bummer. But- what I was saying was, you see it from the front, and he's got one finger this. This is his right one is like this. His left one. Left one meaning pointing for the people that aren't watching. His, I said his left one. His left one is like this, and he's running like how you would 
move your arms like this. And he's like trying to keep his balance how a human does when they're running. I'm just saying. I would argue that he might be waving off somebody, but it's it's not clear and above his head. Like right. he fair caught other punts in the game. And I'm not siding with the refs here. Obviously, I don't think it's a fair catch. But his other fair catches were late. But I have yet to see, and maybe he's done it once or twice, but I have yet to see Cooper fair catch a ball that he doesn't actually catch. Mm-hmm. Most of the time... Every time I've seen him fair catch it, he's pointed to it and then let it roll. Or he's told guys to get away and then he lets it roll. Or he'll go block because it's going to go into the end zone. So he makes sure they don't down at the one. But I have yet to see him fair catch a ball that he doesn't catch. Right. So again, that's out of character in my opinion. Again, maybe he's done it once or twice, but I have no recollection of it. So So then the go back to the thing that I saw. There were three other times in the game where he was doing the exact same motions, pointing, and his left arm does this. I think it's just out of habit and just the way he runs with his arms out, which is not a hard, like not an easy thing to do when you're sprinting and right. trying to keep your arms completely still. Okay, so then I have another question too. So then they go to review if he stepped out of bounds. So that's what they're checking for. But then all of a sudden they can check for another thing. Oh, was he waving off or was he waving for a fair catch? How come they can go and say, oh, we're going to go check if he was out of bounds and then just make up another thing that they were checking for right there? That I'm actually not 100% buttoned up on. I apologize. I like I'm, I'm pretty good with the rules for the most part. But from what I understand is whether or not it's a reviewable play. And I, I was not under the assumption that whether or not somebody fair caught was under the guise of a, quote, review, reviewable play. Because mm-hmm. there are certain plays like we saw the um, it was against Michigan State where the quarterback was going down and kind of flipped it. And they said that it wasn't a reviewable play. You remember this? Maybe. It was on a, It was on the Iowa, <clears throat> excuse me, it was on the Iowa sideline and he kind of chucked it up either way. So like there are plays or types of plays that fall in that non-reviewable category. I am very shocked, A, that they called it a fair catch, but B, that they were looking at one thing and were able to discern something else based on looking at the tape. Interesting. I also saw a few things. I'm not going to like go into it. But that that same like head referee was a part of another controversial call of an Iowa Minnesota game like a few years back, and somebody in the comments will have more information on that. I'm sure of it because I saw it on Twitter. It was going crazy. So, just I'm just saying. And then no. he had another thing where this guy was like, I guess him and his crew that he had at the time were like suspended from a couple of games. I don't know. I'm just saying I can't get fined. <laughs> so, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say that. That game should not come down to whether or not a defensive player on special teams makes a play to win the game. Okay, fair. Okay, so let's move on from that. So controversial call. Well, it's over. We'll end it with that. Okay, so we've discussed. But continue with what you were just saying, because there were obviously some things in the game that didn't quite go the Hawks way. So So I'm going to go back to what I said, that it can't come down to the refs, because and the phrase that the commentators used Uh, on a different play was don't give the refs an excuse. And what I mean by that is uh, on one of the QB sneaks with Deacon Hill, he's kind of holding the ball. I think he rolled on somebody's back, clearly in the end zone. They didn't call a touchdown. Okay. And he's like holding the ball. And number 27 for Minnesota comes over and swats the ball out of his hands. Is that an unsportsmanlike conduct? Like, I don't know. Defensive players are always interesting. When it comes to the end of plays, like they're always like trying to get little jabs, you know, it's all mental stuff, right? They're trying to be the tough guy. Um, And so like, is that a huge play? No, but you gave the ref an excuse to throw the flag in that particular instance or Minnesota did. And we ended up scoring later on that drive. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
we knew that these refs were going to be a little different. That targeting call, uh, the the announcers were talking, and the third party person that they brought in was like, "That's not targeting, in my opinion." Based on how he didn't use the crown of his helmet, there's partially face mask is hitting. It's a clean hit. Then they come back and say it's confirmed. It's targeting. He's out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, the refs I think were uh, a little bit sporadic to say the least. But there were meant plenty of plays that we could have made to to alleviate that damage. I should say. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about defense. Ben, don't break. That's kind of the the Iowa mantra. Do you know what that means? Well, yeah. It's like. Don't let them get, don't let them score, right? Like essentially, you can let them, or if you get, yeah, or if you let them get into the red zone, like if we turn the ball over, which we'll get to that on offense, but it means like if you're in the red zone, you bend, meaning you give a little bit, you gave them three points, but you didn't break and give them seven. I I mean, they had 12 points, all of those were field goals, and he missed another field goal. Mm. So the fact that we had consistent opportunities, uh, Maybe I shouldn't say that, but consistent, I'll call them opportunities, consistent opportunities for defense to shut them down in an area that's pretty tough on a windy day and they still converted four out of five field goals. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, that's field goals. Again, that's three points. And unfortunately, we weren't able to find the end zone outside of the one time. And that's the difference in the game. Right. Um, Jay Higgins leads the Big Ten in tackles. He was all over the place. He stays going all over the place. He <laughs> said that he, in high school, he led the nation. Mm-hmm. You know, he keeps showing up every single Saturday. Um, I'm excited to kind of see how he continues to move forward, but I think he had another 14 tackles in this game. It, it's hard for guys to, or it's hard for offenses to scheme against him because he just flies all over the place. And then we had three sacks. Can I just say, Joe Evans is one of my favorite guys to watch celebrate. <laughs> Why? Because... He doesn't know what to do with his hands. (laughs) (laughs) There was one particular one that I was watching and great play, got the sack. And it was like, like, (laughs) I don't know what to do. (laughs) If if you're listening right now, I'm just putting my hands up in the air because like he just, he was stoked. He was amped and he just didn't know what to do with his body. It was so great. Well, he's one of those guys that I get a little nervous seeing. Like, I think the scary players are the ones that don't wear gloves. Oh, okay. there's like some kind of like toughness to it that I'm like, that guy doesn't wear gloves. He's serious. <laughs> like he's, he gets after it a little Wait, bit. Wait, really? Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like as a defensive player, like, I don't know, maybe you They've got padded gloves for D linemen. Like, you know. Maybe you wouldn't want to wear gloves so you can grab and all those things. Oh, they grab. It don't matter. I don't know. Just seems. Anyway. Yeah. Joe Evans. So fun <laughs> to watch. Okay. So three sacks. That was good. And we held him to 239 yards. Not too shabby. Defense again, bend don't break, put in some rough situations. They were able to move the ball. I think uh, they had one run that was double digits mm-hmm. and they had one pass that was around 40 yards or something, which big play receiver guy, they get one. I think the only two guys catch passes mm-hmm. <laughs> against us. I mean, the defense continues to play at a high level. Normally, if you only allow 12 points, you expect to win the game. So it's just unfortunate that we weren't able to finish it. So then we go to offense. This was a this was a tough one for the run game, especially. Talk me through it. Yeah, so you take out the sacks from Deacon Hill, um, and we're at thirty three rushing yards as a team. That's that's not Iowa football, right? And especially coming off the game against Wisconsin, LaShawn Williams is kind of everybody's kind of up, and we had talked about how difficult it is to come back from being up big time trophy game, and now you got to get up for another big time trophy game before you have a bye. And I think I'm not saying that they're seeing the light. Because playing eight games in a row is a lot before your bye week. 
um, especially in the Big Ten, you know, physical games. I think we've seen that time in, time out, mm -hmm. that guys are getting smacked. Deacon Hill's helmet was getting ripped off and he got hit with another helmet. Like, Oh, yeah. Okay. That face mask where it was, it was yes. like here and then up, I was like, oh, my god. And then goodness. he took a helmet to the cheek on that same play. Like, That's tough. This is physical football. So I, I don't know. They're not jumping ahead. Like, I know the Iowa locker room, but I do know that your body gets a little sore come week eight. Minnesota just had their bye. I'm not giving excuses by any means. But I think that it's important that we play into what everything happened. And then obviously we just weren't able to execute on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I think our longest rush was seven yards and that was by Deacon Hill. So obviously we need to find a way to be able to utilize the run game a little bit more the way we did against Wisconsin, which really, you know, we had an 84 yard rush, but LaShawn Williams still had, it seemed like when LaShawn Williams carried the ball, it was like four yards, four yards, four yards. Um, it felt like we were getting pushed back a little bit more on our offensive line. How come? Um, Do they just have a good D line or what was, what did it look like? Not I think sure. it's a combination of a lot of things, but I think that when your head coach goes 0-7 lifetime, I think they're like, hey, we're going to be the ones that are going to break it or, you know, whatever. I think that they, they had a little more added motivation uh, to try and get after it. And I don't know if we were just playing high or what it was, but um, that obviously plays into it a little bit. We got to come off the ball with more vigor and fervor to be able to kind of get after him a little bit. Yeah, I got some words up here. Okay. I'm going to, I feel like I need to check that in the dictionary. Vigor and fervor, like, excuse. There's, Go ahead, producer. Go okay, ahead. I'm sorry, but there are some times where you use words and we check them and I'm like, that's actually the exact okay, opposite. Okay, hold on. Of Look what? up vigor, V I G O R. No, I know that one's right. <laughs> so, producer, <laughs> producer's on board. Okay, and fervor, F E R V E R. V O R, I'm sorry. Oh, intense, passionate feeling. Two for two. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> okay, okay, continue. So <laughs> I think it's it's more about like mindset on offensive line. It's like how you come off. And I'm in a group chat with Boone Meyer, shout out, and a couple of our other guys like James Daniels, LaShawn Daniels, shout out. And they kind of talk about our offensive line just needs to come off a little bit harder. You know, maybe they just came off harder than we did. I mean, it's tough to it's tough to say, but walking away with 33 rushing yards isn't obviously how we want to go. Now, I loved the play call to start the game. Mm. We did a play action. Everybody's like, okay, backup quarterback, we're at Iowa. We're just going to hand it off. Love the play call, play action, 15 yards to Deontay Vines. Now, it on the books, it goes down as 15 or 18 yards, whatever it is, somewhere in there. But what people don't understand is it's from the right hash to the left numbers. So, Laura, how wide is a football field? Not end zone to end zone, but sideline to sideline. Mm. John, producer, how wide is a football field? Do you know without Googling it? That hurts. Uh, so it's. <laughs> John's at 25 yards. I was going to say something similar. Um, that hurt. You've been to so many games. Okay. So the field I'm is. about like how if I'm running. Don't do that. You're not running 50 on yards. the field. <laughs> 50 yards. Close. It's 53 and a third yards watt. Why would they do that? Just make it an even number. <laughs> 53 and a third. Field is 53 and a third. Okay. So from the hash, let's say that it's roughly two thirds of the field. So okay. what's two thirds of 53? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. Don't. I, I'm not. I'll We're cry. just going to say roughly. Okay. Because it's over half. So half would be about 26. We'll say it's roughly 33, 34 yards. No, oh, yeah. Roughly 33 or 34 yards. It's, it's where my head was. That is not true. So <laughs> we'll say it's roughly there. And it might even be more. We'll just round it up to 35. It's a nice number. So let's say he's throwing 35 yards already. And now he's throwing 35 yards downfield because he's, at an, or he's throwing another 15 or 18 yards downfield. 
So that trajectory is actually like a 45 yard pass, 50 yard pass, like on a line in the wind. Like that, that's incredible to have that kind of start to the game. Now it's unfortunate that that kind of stuff didn't maintain throughout the game, but like, I love the play call and I love the ability for Deacon Hill to throw it like that. So there were positives to take from the game. It's just unfortunate. Like I, I always say, I'd rather learn in a win than a loss, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I do think that there were positives to come out of that. Now, the one major glaring thing on offense was the turnovers. We had three turnovers. Yeah. You cannot win the way that I was winning right now, turning the ball over. Yeah, I was actually, so John was, our producer, John was at the game with me and I was like, we had the first turnover and I was like, John, I don't like it. And I was like, these, those plays like that, that little stuff is kind of, kind of, um, puts the nail in the coffin sometimes like throughout, you know what I mean? As you get throughout the game, I don't know. You talk about it all the time where it's like, man, if they wouldn't have that one turnover or if they wouldn't have blocked that one field goal, like turnout of the game would have been totally different. It's one or two plays. Yeah. Um, the first one Deacon did not have two hands on the ball when he's climbing the pocket, which that's normally when you're going to get swiping hands by the D line. So you want to have two hands on the ball. It looked like he double clutched, like he got ready to throw and then he took another step forward and then he's like, okay, now I'm going to let it rip. But by then it had taken too long. D lineman hits him. They get the ball. Second time he does have two hands on the ball. And I just don't know if the D line just hit it at the right spot or what it was. Sometimes that just happens. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, uh, as KF would say, that's football. Like sometimes it just doesn't go your way on that, on a particular play. The interception, it kind of looked like I couldn't tell if he was trying to throw it to Seth Anderson on the outside or Nico in between and expected him to come out further. Mm. Ball kind of went in between. Either we didn't come back to the ball enough or uh, he threw it too far inside for Seth Anderson. Game ceiling interception. But there were multiple opportunities to win the game, which is a positive. Mm. Um, One of the negatives is we still had drops. You know, that's something that we still have to continue to move forward on. Um, we got to catch the ball when it's thrown to us. You know, I mean, Deacon ends up 10 of 28, but I'm pretty sure there were at least four or five different passes there that could have been caught, you know, whether they be first downs or uh, even just moving the chains a little bit to help Tory Taylor out and pin them deep because the one time we did it, which we'll get to, it turned into points for us later. So, I mean, there's there, there's still good things that happened. It's just, can we build on those things to continue to move forward? Okay. All of that being said, let's go to your unsung hero brought to you by JB Roofing. Who do you have for me this week? Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna change it up. It's not going to be on one particular play that somebody did their job. Okay. Although I do like doing that. We're going to change it up and we're going to go with... Oh, the anticipation's building. KF. Really? Yeah, okay. we have Coach Ferentz. Got it. Let's see. Because he made an unpopular decision and it resulted in points. Okay. So it's fourth and one. Uh, at the end of the second half, we're near midfield. Everybody wanted the QB sneak, selfishly myself as well, because I'm a, I'm an offensive guy. But he elects to punt it because he knows that he has Tory Taylor and he has a good defense. So he punts it. And Cooper DeGene and Tory Taylor, dynamic duo on special teams, stop the ball at like the one-inch line. Cooper DeGene catches it on his way out. Like it's, it's stupid how nice that worked out. We almost got a safety on second down or third down i can't remember defensive lineman just misses either strip sacking caliac manis or just taking him down for the safety just miss they punt it back to us and then we go down granted it was aided by three minnesota penalties but we go down and we end up scoring like that's 
how Coach Ferentz wants to play the game. He wants to play field position, give my offense a short field, and then score based off that. Mm -hmm. So fourth and one in midfield, instead of risking it and giving them the ball at the 50, he punts it down. They get it at the one. They punt it back to us. We get a fresh set of downs around midfield back to where we are. And we go down and score like that's how Iowa wants to win football games. So I love this unsung hero because to me, as an average fan, I'm like, really, we're not going to go on fourth and one when we have this giant quarterback. And I know a lot of people felt the exact same way based on the reaction of the crowd (laughs) in the stands. But that all makes perfect sense. And also um, just kind of illustrates and demonstrates the um, like you said, the awareness of the game and how it can be played based on the different weapons that you have. Very good. I liked that one. So Coach Ferentz, Unsung Hero. Brought to you by JB Roofing. Well done. Okay, we are going to take a little break here. We'll be right back with Logan Lee. Need a new roof, gutter, or siding in eastern Iowa? Call JB Roofing, a local and reliable roofer with over 20 years of experience. They do one roof at a time, unlike others who juggle multiple projects and cut corners. They also serve a 45-mile radius around Kelowna and help you with any insurance claims. Don't wait. Call 319-656-ROOF or visit their website, jbroofingcolona.com for a free estimate. JB Roofing, the small town roofer you can trust. Hey, Matt, did you know that Iowa City Tire does more than just tires? Uh, yeah. I mean, they've been servicing the corridor for like 40 years. Okay, but did you know that until somebody had to tell you? No. No, I didn't. Well, hey, check out how they're doing things in a very different way at Iowa City Tire and Service, where service actually comes first. Visit ictire.com. All righty. Welcome back. It is time to hop into our conversation today. Joining us is Logan Lee. Logan, how are you? Very well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Okay. So let's start just real simple. Where are you from? I'm from Orion, Illinois, town about 1900, just south of Moline, Illinois. Um, Hour and 15 minutes from Iowa City. Oh, not far. Yeah, not bad. And so how many people did you graduate with? I think we had 96 in our class, and then we had about 360 in our school. So we had a bigger class for my senior year. But That's incredible. I feel like a lot of the guys we've had on here, like um, Cooper comes from a tiny school too. Even smaller, yeah. Yeah, no, so cool. I Um, always feel like I've come from a small town, so I'm from South Dakota. Right. But I graduated with 260. 260. That's, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Yourself? Um, I'm from Cedar Rapids. Okay. So I was at Prairie, okay, about the yeah. same class size right, right. back then in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. To date yeah. myself. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, how old are you? Uh, so, I'm 23. 23. Uh, so, no, yeah. we had Tori on the podcast. Everybody's oh, okay. Okay. Tori. Yeah. I was going to say I'm an old man, but <laughs> not on the same level. Yep. And then married, the only yep. married guy on the team, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, it's different, but mm-hmm. it's great. Um, Tori and I actually live in Maya Tori, not Tori Taylor. Yeah. Um, so Tori and I actually live in North Liberty now. So that's that's nice that we actually got to leave. We had five roommates. So we had oh Jack Campbell. We had um, we had Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Jackson Ferris, Kyler Fisher for our first year of marriage uh, as roommates. <laughs> so it was the six of us in one house um she's an absolute trooper she she did pretty well. yeah. logan yeah we lived we lived, yeah. with, we lived with boone myers on the sean daniels yep, yep and i'm pretty sure she cried every day she came home i i only <laughs> that was from her there. job though not from the house yeah. i only okay, lived there for good. 10 days and Ten i couldn't days. do it i was like this first of all it's stinky yeah well, it's we, dirty all right That's we had hard. a pretty great group of guys That's everybody good. everybody was really great to her and then uh we were fairly clean we mm-hmm. i mean 
Maybe not quite to the same standard <laughs> as she would have liked, but like for a college house full of guys, very clean. Okay. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. And so how did you and your wife meet? Your wife's name is Tori, yep. just to clear that up again. <laughs> right. Yep. So Tori and I met seventh grade year at State Track Meet. Um, she went to Geneseo High School or Geneseo, Illinois. She lived there. It's about a half an hour away from me. So um, I'd never been to Geneseo, never even knew anybody from there. So, but she had a friend that went to my school and her friend was dating my friend. Got it. So the okay. four of us were just walking around this uh, this state track meet, and it's seventh grade, so nobody's saying a word. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> just walking yeah, at each other. Yeah. Everybody's just walking, like just watching the meet. We sit down. Again, nobody's saying anything. So I'm like, "Come on, Logan, say something. Say something." <laughs> I obviously thought she was cute, but like, uh, do you see that girl eat it yesterday on hurdles? <laughs> She turns around, looks at me. I was like, that was me. No. Stands up and walks away. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just blew it. Oh man. And uh, didn't see her again for another two and a half years. But now we're married. So uh, oh yeah, first impressions don't always matter. Okay. Granted, she, she forgot about it. Uh, okay. She didn't know it was me. So mm. about a year and a half in us dating. We started dating again in uh, sophomore year of high school. Okay. And then... Uh, I told her about a year after dating. I'm like, hey, do you remember that time? She's like, that was you? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you guys link back up then, that sophomore year? Uh, same friend. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, they're not friends anymore. But, yeah, same <laughs> friend. But, okay. Yeah. And then when did you guys get married? That would have been, what, two years ago? Yep, July 3rd of 2022. So we ended up having a small family wedding. So it was just uh, about 50, about 45 of our um, aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, whatever. Um, that small was small wedding, 55 people. Small wedding, small wedding. Well, that's small. We oh. 200 at well, I know, but like, I feel like that's a lot yeah. of family. It's a lot of family for sure. True. Okay. We, we, uh, we cut it there. We had a ceremony at, in Geneseo at her town, in her town. And then we went back to my parents' place and had a small reception. That was a lot of fun. And then this past, uh, July 3rd, we actually had our destination wedding. So it was like, it was a vow renewal, I guess, uh -huh. but it was our public wedding. What so, was the destination? Um, Punta Cana. Hey, so okay. we actually we had 120 people go to that. Oh yeah. my gosh! So it was it was pretty it was pretty darn cool. And but, that's like friends and family. Yeah, friends, things. family. Um, it was a lot of the same people. A lot of the same family that went um, ended up going again. So uh, two weddings, you know, it's great. Nothing better. Did you do a honeymoon then? Um, After that the was first wedding. Uh, <laughs> Kind of. It was, it was, uh, yeah, not really, not really. <laughs> okay. No, if you got to hesitate that much. It would yeah, be not really. Yeah. Just a little but, lay low for a second right. and then, okay, very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, hold on. How did you propose? I, we, we did a little bit of yeah. reading that it was at a team event. It right? was. Yes. Yeah. So citrus bowl in, uh, 20 would have been the end of 2021. Um, we ended up, we were at Orlando, Orlando or Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up, I'm like, I knew I wanted to propose somewhere in the near future. I didn't have a plan. And then she's like, yeah, I'd love for both of our families to be there. And I started thinking, I'm like, this is like the last time for the next three months that our families will be together. So uh, I got the ring the day before. 
<laughs> we actually left, and my parents picked it up for me. Oh, did you pick yeah. it out? Oh, I picked it out. Uh, I, we went ring shopping once, so I knew what she okay, was okay. interested in. I was going to say, that's ballsy. Yeah, yeah. But so I knew what she wanted. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to get it because this is the last time. I don't want to wait three months. Yep. I'm, I'm ready in a few weeks. But um, I ended up like ordering. They're like, yeah, it can be ready by. This day, I'm like, okay, I leave that day. They're like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, oh. okay, can my parents pick it up? So they met me. So they end up coming down. I end up getting it from them when I went, when we went to Universal Studios. Um, the team had already, or I'm sorry. So Tori's family had already been there and they were walking around. And uh, I told some of the teammates and where we were doing it. There's like a, like an amphitheater okay. almost. So it's kind of a pretty cool uh, balcony that was overlooking it. So all the teammates kind of hit up there. And then I started walking with Tori. And then um, there was a couple of the uh, videographer and photographer for the team. I'm like, hey, you want to get a picture of us real quick? And Tori's like, no, they're not here for me. I'm like, no, let's get a picture. She's like, no, no. I'm like, we should really get a picture. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, fine. And then I propose and, um, she what had no idea. Say? Did you say, uh, don't remember. Blacked uh, out. Yeah. I'm blacked out, mm -hmm. but, uh, she said yes. So I must've gotten the message across, <laughs> but, and then all the teammates and all the, fa our family on the balcony just popped up over the railing and started cheering. And oh, it was, it was pretty cool. cool. The reason awesome. he asked you, what did you say, is because he had a whole speech when he proposed to me, like all prepared, oh, wow. ready to go, and he didn't say a word of it. Hold on. So we just <laughs> played, uh, it was after the Iowa State game, yep. 2017, 42-3. On my way out, I see Chris Ruth, uh, who's okay. our videographer at the time, and I was like, hey, can you take video yeah. real quick? And I get out there, and I'm all hype. I had the ring in my backpack. I open it up, and I go, well, actually, I said, let me just cut to the chase. That's what he said. Let me cut to the chase. And then I... Didn't say a word. <laughs> Nothing. You didn't Nothing. Say, I just opened it up me? and just. Oh. You didn't say. I was like, yeah, <laughs> to the question you didn't ask. Yeah. So yeah, that's I why he was funny. <laughs> I at least asked the question. So I'm one step ahead. Right. Okay, so let's talk about like family life. So what mm -hmm. was your what was your life like growing up? Siblings, what kind of kid were you? Yeah. So I have one older sister, Ashton. She's two and a half years older than me. Um, whole family on my dad's side of the family. Every I think there's. 20 of us, 18 or 20 of us. And we are all, we all grew up and we all lived, uh, my, my entire life. Everybody lived 10 minutes from each other. Oh, that's cool. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, we were, we were pretty darn close and all the holidays and stuff, but everybody went to the same high school. Everybody, we were a pretty athletic family. Um, all my cousins were so, um, yeah, yeah. We had a pretty, pretty fun upbringing, but so you say athletic family. So okay, we so have, have to expand on yes, that. Yes, because we had yep. Deacon on just last week. He was talking about his sister was like an Olympic gold medalist. We had Kate Martin. She's talking about her crazy family Olympic tree. gold medalist? Yes, in water polo. I, 2016 Olympics. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, Now you know. Now I know. And, <laughs> and his sister and his mom are both in the Hall of Fame at their high school for water polo. Uh-huh. Or his mom wow. was basketball or something. It was Yeah, wow. it was. Crazy. Anyway, so tell yeah. us about your family tree because um yeah, so in Orion, uh nobody's making it to the Olympics yet. Um <laughs> again, nineteen hundred people. Yet. Um but yeah, so I have three older male cousins and they did every sport. It was just being from a small town, everybody does every sport. So sure. cousin Kramer did 
uh, football, basketball, and he was all conference in both of those. Uh, cousin Cody was all conference in uh, football, basketball, and baseball. And then cousin Tanner ended up playing basketball at Loyola. Okay. So he was uh, he was a pretty darn good uh, yeah. darn good athlete. He claims he's the best. Uh, I would disagree. Can you hoop? Uh, can I? Yeah. Uh, for a wrestler, yes. <laughs> I would, okay. I identify as a wrestler now, so um, I would say I am very competent uh, basketball player wrestler. Okay. So we'll call it that. So you get a lot of fouls. That's why I started wrestling. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll we'll have to get to that, but uh, yeah. So cousin Tori, um, different Tori. Yep. Uh, one. Got it. Just have to have to put that one out there. But oh, uh, she was uh, she was all conference in volleyball, and then my sister ended up. Uh, she was like she ended up breaking all the records in volleyball too, and then she ended up playing at uh, Minnesota State Mankato. Okay. Okay. So she she did pretty well there too. So no. Uh, okay. So yeah. I'll get to the thing about the wrestling and basketball discrepancy there. Yeah. So I. <laughs> Played basketball my whole life. I ended up, so in middle school, they're like, oh, you should start wrestling. But I had to, I had to like finish basketball season and then I'd pick it up, pick up like halfway through wrestling season. So I only had a half a season from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed basketball more, I thought. <laughs> so I chose basketball in high school because we could only do one or the other. And I ended up uh, finding out that can't be very physical in basketball. <laughs> Bunch of softies. Um, so I ended up wrestling sophomore year and uh, I won state. Yeah, I was waiting on uh, that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then junior year, I didn't place. Completely healthy, didn't place. And then senior year, I won state again. So uh, heavyweight. So it was just. What's Roller defined coaster. as heavyweight? Uh, yeah, so two between the weights, two twenty one and two eighty five. So I wrestled about I weighed two forty and one state at heavyweight. So nice. and then my sophomore year when I won it, I was two twenty pounder, weighing right at two twenty. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Dang. So so you're the roster says you're two ninety five. We'll, yeah. we'll say that you're there. Yeah. So did you gain fifty pounds since you've been at Iowa? Yeah. So I so. The entire time I was at Orion, I was about 240 my senior year, the whole the whole year. I ended up uh, gaining about six pounds before I weighed in at Iowa for the first time. I was 246, and then right now I'm I'm an honest uh, 287. So I've gained, uh, depending on the day, over 40 pounds. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's uh, not easy. Yeah. <laughs> not not a whole lot of fun either. <laughs> Let's say but, I showed up at 162. Yeah. And then when I left, I was around 194. Yeah. But normally I know linemen, it's like that. It, yeah. It's brutal. It's uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I had a problem with, uh, I could eat all this stuff and not gain weight. I'm like, no, you really don't. Because <laughs> yeah. people don't understand. Yeah. People don't understand how hard it is to gain weight when you're doing it for a job and you're working out as much as we do. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. It's, yeah. uh, full-time job too but that's the thing too you don't realize i appreciate that (laughs) yeah everybody's like oh it's so no i would much rather i would much rather cut weight than gain weight did you have to so you probably didn't have to cut for wrestling my my junior year the year i did not do well um (laughs) 
I started off, I was like, before wrestling started coming out of football, I was like 230, 233 was my first weigh-in okay. during wrestling season. So I had to cut 14 pounds, but I was like 12, 13% body fat at the time. What their testing is not very accurate, but that's they what they claim. The, the, the skin uh, caliper. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's, I don't, who knows if that was accurate, but, uh, so I could only cut to two twenty. Like I, that was like my bottom number just because of the state rules or whatever. Okay. But that year we end up uh, missing our certification date. So I wrestled heavyweight in postseason and I just lost my mind. That was like <laughs> the first time, like I just was defeated mentally and I wrestled angry and uh, yeah, I've calmed down a lot since then. Cause uh, I don't do very well when I'm not, when I'm not locked in. So you seem like a chill dude. So yeah. Something worked. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Composures uh, definitely caught it a little bit. So. So you played in high school. You were wrestling, mm-hmm. football, track and field. Question yeah. There? So I, I threw yeah. my freshman year. And by that, do you mean shot and disc? Shot and disc. Yep. Okay. Yep. I threw my freshman year and then I didn't do, I focused on football in the spring, sure. my uh, sophomore, junior seasons. And then I just decided to throw again senior year and. Broke the school record. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I got second in state. So I, I, uh, were you, re- were you committed by the time you went out for track? You would have already had time. Yeah. So I, I can, I think I committed on uh, March of my, right after my sophomore year. Oh, wow. So or I'm sorry, in June. I got the, uh, I got my first offer from Iowa, March of my sophomore year, and then committed in June, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where else did you have offers from? Um, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Northwestern, Mizzou, Ole Miss, uh, Michigan State, Illinois. The list goes on. Minnesota. Yeah. (laughs) So there was, yeah, there was a handful. Uh Um, I visited a bunch of schools, visited Wisconsin, really liked that. Visited Michigan, didn't, wasn't a huge fan. Um, Visited Illinois. Loved Coach Smith there. And uh, I just kept on going back to Iowa, kept on going back to Iowa. It, it was convenient because it was an hour and 15 minutes. But um, I just, I just, it, well, close to I don't think it did. I really don't mm-hmm. think it did because I knew my family was going to travel wherever I was going. That's uh, I have such a great support system that they were going to uh, pick up and make it to most of the games, especially if it was any of those schools I mentioned. Um, but biggest thing was just the developmental system that Iowa had is really what mm-hmm. kind of uh, attracted me the most, like taking people who are not four-star, five-star athletes and turning them into uh, – Based on that laundry list, it kind of sounded like – Well, yeah. One, I mean, but I was my first offer, and it was I was a tight end. So everybody was like, oh, they're uh, doing pretty well with the <laughs> tight ends. I'm not a tight they end. Realized they realized <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They, uh, they realized real quick that uh, – don't got the burners, but uh, you got hands though. I got, I can catch well. I can catch well. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for like I a Sam Brinks. I know. Kind of thing, I know. You know. Near the goal line. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't get open very well, but I can, I could catch the ball. <laughs> How did you feel when they, when you got switched from tight end to? I, I didn't really have any. Just however. Was it I didn't really you got care. Here or yeah. it was like right. It was like uh, it was after my senior season. Okay. But before my. Uh, before I got on campus, I didn't really care because I played defensive end my whole career too. So it's okay. like coming from a small school, I 
did every special teams. I was right. a long snapper. I was uh defensive end. I was the tight end. So it's just like uh as long as you get yeah. to play, really. As long as I get to play, whatever's gonna streamline my route to the field a little bit was the biggest thing. So So I asked that question because mm-hmm. my brother in law played offensive line at Iowa. Yeah. And he was a tight end <laughs> yep. in high school at a small school here in Iowa. And um, he got interviewed when he was like getting recruited and stuff. And they're like, hey, like if you go to Iowa, you know, you're probably going to have your hand in the dirt. No, and no. he goes, I will never have my hand in the dirt. Yeah. Offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure it worked Sweet. out. Did it work out? Oh, yeah. Of course yeah. it worked out. Yeah. It did great. But it's yeah. just so funny how that's like, well, hold on a second. I'm an athlete. And I was yeah. like, well, you can still be an athlete. But like, you know, we got a good line too. We can switch right. you there. And Absolutely. You in a and lot I'm of like, ways. I'm just kind of, I who am I to say no? Yeah. Like. Right. To, <laughs> right. I mean, they're paying for school. They're doing everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> That's awesome. Uh, did you pick 85? Because it's not no. a normal number. No. All right. So how, like, what else did you have? Uh, did you I, was, pick I was number 45 in high school. They said, okay. do you want any numbers? I said, uh, 45 is available. I will take it. If not, I really don't care. Um, and that was a mistake? No, not at all. No. <laughs> I, I don't care at all. I... I don't think a number is going to help anybody perform any better. Um, that has a thing about numbers for some reason. Really? It's not like a thing You're one about of them? Numbers, but, well, <laughs> I just feel like it's not often that you see a D-line <clears throat> wear 85, so it sticks yeah. out. So I'm actually not against it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it's like, who's who's wearing 85 on defense? Right. So it kind of brings more attention to you. Yeah. When I got there, I wanted 19. I wore 19 mm-hmm. in high school, but they promised it to Miles Taylor, who was coming yeah. in the next year. And I ended up playing special teams, so they're like, we're not going to. We're gonna have two nineteens on the field. We can't do that. Right. So I got eighty nine. But yeah. which I thought was really funny because he's like this one of the smallest guys on the field. Right. So the biggest huge. possible number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't have to like go along with it. You could just yeah. be like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, we we were watching film of I think it was this this past week of Minnesota, but they were playing a school and there was a defensive lineman with number twenty eight. Oh. I'm like, and he was a big dude. He yeah. was. He was a uh, nose guard. He was uh, 320 <laughs> yeah. at least, and he was wearing 28. I'm like. That stretched oh, all the two at eight. They, are, they <laughs> stretched it. But we were laughing at that during the meetings. But Well, but. I know that faith is something that's super important yep. to you. So just kind of walk me through that journey. Like, is that something that has been since you were a little kid? Like, your family's super faith, like faith-based, or is that something that you've kind of come into as you've gotten older? Yeah, so my mother's side of the family is definitely more – um, more active in their faith. Sure. Um, that side of the family definitely believes, but, um, going up, growing up, we end up going to a Lutheran church and ended up going through that th- all the way through high school. Um, I was very involved. I, um, I was leader of FCA for yeah. three or four years in, uh, in high school. Can I stop you there? Yeah. At that young of an age, what drew you to that like that's that's rare to have somebody that's like so invested and so involved typically with like a kid that age it's like yeah i went and did these things and later in life they're like oh now i see how that can play in right. but at that point in your life like what really drew you in and got you to that point uh the encouragement not the shoving down my throat i think so okay. um i don't know i was always just drawn to it and i had my mother did a good great job we always she's like we should go to church today i said okay and I was, it's weird because like I had some friends at church and like going through confirmation and um, those other steps, we ended up like, I was always like locked in. I was always just fascinated with it. And everybody was just like playing NFL mobile on their <laughs> phone in the back. And I'm like, 
what are you guys doing? Like, this yeah. is fascinating. It's the best story ever. Yeah, I know <laughs> it is. And I don't know what it was, but ever my, my whole life, I've just uh, been very active in my faith. So and very forward with my faith too. Yes. I see so. that the necklace, the audience of one yep, shirt. Yep. Tell me about the bracelet. What is that? Yeah. So um, it is God loves you. Sin separates us from God. Or, and then Jesus came to save us of our sins. And then will you accept Jesus Christ into your life? Okay. So it's just the four questions. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, Do you wear that when you play? I, I don't. Okay. I actually, I will wear the whoop and I'll tape over it, but it's just, I've broken too many bracelets and <laughs> yeah. uh, I take the ring off because it doesn't feel comfortable under the glove. I take the necklace yeah. off because they break all the time. I but, told my wife that I took it off when I played because I was married to the game. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was so lame. I was like, yeah. I'm not even going to get mad because that's so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, very cool. So then you yep. could talk about um, wanting to kind of like mentor those mm -hmm. that younger generation, like middle school, kind of high school. Yeah. Does part of that play into like the ministry of it too? Yeah, of course. And I've had, since I've been in college, I've had such a great community with Athletes in Action. It's a faith-based ministry on campus for athletes specifically. Um, since I've gotten on campus, Jim Goodrich ended up, uh, talking to me, oh, yeah. got me, got me involved. And then Nathan Burak and then Tim and Casey spark. They're just, we've had such a great support staff, uh, with athletes in action. It's really helped me grow and really learn how to apply faith to my sport and not just like, I'll pray before competition. I'll pray after competition, but like actually throughout, uh, throughout competition, I'm actually, um, talking to God, having a running conversation, having, um, not just relying on my own strength, but relying on the strength that he and only he can provide. So, um, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. So, yeah. yeah. So that kind of plays into that part of like mentally preparing oh, yeah. athletes as well. Like, yep. I mean, that's gotta be kind of yeah. part of that top of mind too, when you're potentially opening up your own gym. Of course. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to be very forward and I'm not going to, uh, be reserved with my, uh, mentorship in all areas of life. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tough with society nowadays yeah. that kind of shames, shames um, people of any faith, really. But uh, biggest thing is just being uh, being willing to uh, face some backlash, being willing to willing to stand by your faith no matter what comes. Um, it's it's pretty cool. And I'm super excited to just help mentor and try to help uh, continue leading other people to Christ. So, well, Logan, is there anything else that you want to want to mention today? Anything you want to talk about? I would uh, just like to open it up there at the end. Yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot more. Um, yeah. Did a pretty good job covering most of it. So Very good. We found out all the things there is to know about Logan Lee. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay, well, thank you but, so much. Of course. Yeah. Thanks awesome. for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, best of luck the rest of the season. Have fun in Chicago in a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, that'll be that'll be different playing on a baseball field, but looking forward to it. It'll be good well, we did it once. Yeah, they played you the did? Yankees Stadium okay. for the pinstripe ball. Oh, and they didn't heat that the... Was, that was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's you know wearing tennis shoes, like, just, like, nobody could Their cut. heater caught on fire. <clears throat> Excuse me, their heater caught on fire because guys were too close to it. And so, Golly. one way up. They didn't, they didn't allow any fans on the bottom row, like, in the stadium. Really? So, they were all on the upper deck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it what? was... Wild. That was experience. Wild. Hopefully it'll be better at Wrigley. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> cool. Well, Logan, thanks. Yep. We appreciate it. Again, thank you guys. This season, Marquee Pizzeria is teaming up with Nico Regani to help the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. 
Together, they've created a new signature pizza, the Nico Parm. Sounds so good. $2 of every pizza will be donated to the Children's Hospital. Visit Marquee Pizzeria located in the Coralville River Landing this fall and help the kids by eating pizza. The Bugman Pest Control. Rest easy when you have the Bugman's top-rated defense protecting your home and business, providing maintenance and prevention treatments for any problem. Call today for a free quote, 563-554-BUGS. Proudly serving the Hawkeye State since 2008. Locally owned and operated, Performance is a full-service restoration company serving Eastern Iowa. As an IICRC certified firm, their multi-licensed technicians have decades of experience in water, mold, and fire mitigation. Whether it's your home or business, this is the team you want in the time of need. Performance Restoration, 319-626-2292. The Appliance Barn offers a wide range of high-quality appliances at unbeatable prices. Whether you're in the market for a new refrigerator, dishwasher, or washing machine, they've got you covered. They also have a delivery and setup department to ensure your appliances get delivered and installed quickly. To find out more, visit appliancebarn.com. Okie dokie, welcome back. That was fun. Stop, <laughs> I can not, say that. <laughs> That's not the intro I was expecting. Yeah, cough it out because Matt's had a man cold for like three weeks running. Ah, and I'm still functioning. Shout out to all the men. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Logan Lee was great. Yeah. You actually ran into him at Shields just a couple of weeks back and you were like, hey, you should be on the podcast. And he was like, yeah, I would love to. And then that's how that kind of came together. Friend of the pod. <laughs> Friend of the pod. I love it. Okay. So we're going to do a bye week, which I didn't even realize until literally today. Yeah. We were doing our prep work for the next opponent, not realizing what date it was. Which might sound bad, but you just get into that mode of like the season and the busy time and you just, you just keep going, you keep trucking. Um, but a bye week, tell me about it. What are they doing this week? So really what's weird to me is that the announcers kept talking about, uh, so Minnesota's coming off their bye week going into this game. And I don't know how many times the announcers from one announcer to the other announcer talked about PJ Fleck is worried about Minnesota versus Minnesota this week. You're not worried about Iowa for two weeks. It's Minnesota versus Minnesota. And I didn't get it because it's literally what Iowa does every single bye week since I've been there. Back in 2013 when I showed up. Like the bye week is Iowa versus Iowa. Okay. They're not going to worry about Northwestern for the next two weeks. That's just not how Iowa does it. Even when we go enter bowl prep, it's a little bit different the way that we do things. Um. So like this bye week is going to be Iowa versus Iowa. You're going to give the starters a little bit of a break. Okay. So like the Cooper DeGene's are going to take a few less reps. The Logan Lee's, uh, Deacon Hill might still take a few reps here. Um, but like Caleb Johnson's probably not going to take as many. Jazzy and Patterson might have an opportunity to rest his hamstring a little bit. So like there's going to be some of that, but then everybody else, it's like, okay, these are your chance. The, like, these are your big practices. Now you might've been repping scout team. You might've been working some other stuff, but like, this is Iowa versus Iowa. This is you developmental, like twos, threes, you're getting 30, 40 reps. Like, let's go. Let's see who can come out of the bye week. That's what KF would always say is like, you know, you find diamonds in the rough and bull prep just because they go to work every day. They show up and you're like, wow, this guy can actually help us. Like we need, we need this guy to come up. Like he really hasn't got an opportunity because he's been buried on the depth chart or whatever it is. And now he gets an opportunity and you're like, wow, like this guy's, this guy's a good story. So you never know. Sometimes coming out of the bye week, you're like, oh, well, this offensive lineman hasn't been playing a whole lot. We love what we see. Let's see if we can rotate him in. Or this receiver really hasn't gotten a lot of reps because of X, Y, Z, and now he's getting an opportunity. Well, shoot, maybe we need to work him into the rotation. This time, like it's 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 an opportunity for the twos and threes to go out there and execute Iowa stuff 
and hopefully grow as a team. And to get everybody else that's been playing eight weeks in a row, that defense has been out there for 80, 90 snaps a game, give them a week off and then get ready for hopefully meaningful games for the rest of October and in, well, I guess into November. So some of that is probably to fans a little um, comforting to say, okay, yeah, our defense, our ones are going to get some like rest time, hopefully get everybody back in, um, in peak shape, hopefully, fingers crossed by the time we take on Northwestern in Chicago, which is going to be so cool. Um, but there's another side of it too, where you're like, okay, yeah, they're going to take some breaks, but also our offense and our ones there could use a little bit more work and some gelling since we're on how many weeks? Week three with our other quarterback? Is it that right? Yeah, this was his third. His third, third game. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So then my question is like, what what can our offense do in this well in this bye week that I don't know so, without like taking a taking a break and let every, letting everybody heal and get better and all of that like what can be done or would you like to see be done in this week? I don't envision the ones on offense taking a whole lot of time off. Okay, okay. So Deacon's been the backup up until now, and don't get me wrong, he's taking some hard hits like the one that we were talking about earlier. You know, his helmet's getting ripped off and he's getting hit in the face, like. He can probably still use some reps. Receivers really haven't been on the field a ton. We saw it a little bit more uh, this past week, but like they're not playing the 80 to 90 snaps that the defense is. So I would expect them to still have to take, and by have to, I mean like get get after some reps. Routes on air, they're going to do all that normal stuff. How much? How many reps they take in team? I don't know. Like I'm not in the building. I can't you know, strictly say, okay, ones get six reps and the twos are getting 10 reps and the ones get like that. I can't tell you, but the fact that they're continuing to grow together, clearly they need to continue to do that, um, to help, you know, push this team forward. I think that they're still going to take a decent amount of reps. Um, but I do think there's going to be more movement, you know, like, I mean, with Nico, who's a six year guy, how many reps does he need to take during the bye week I don't know. You know, I think he's still going to have to get reps because clearly Deacon was trying to find him quite a bit. I think he had a couple more than a couple opportunities to make plays. Uh, But clearly our receivers still need work. You know, you could argue the entire team needs work. I mean, that's just part of the season is you grow each week and you hope to get better than you were the week before. So given the given the fact that maybe our running game hasn't been up to par, given that our passing game hasn't been as elite, um, I would envision those guys to continue to get reps. And hopefully, you know, they'll they'll still get some rest because they need to be ready for the back half of the season for the the marathon, not the sprint. Um, but they are going to have to take some reps to your point of like continuing to gel and work together and and hopefully come out of this thing on the right side. So let's put your coaching hat on for just a moment because you are a coach. So schematically, what are we what are we going for this week? What would you like to see kind of put into this offense potentially to get prepared for the second part of this season? Well, you're not going to throw anything out mm-hmm. and there's no reason to, in my opinion, I think there's just get rid little, of anything. Is right, like, get rid of right. anything in the playbook. You don't need to overthrow the playbook. It's still Iowa football. It's still pro style Iowa football, which I actually like. <laughs> I like pro style, I like being able to go under center, hand it off. But I like the play action that you can do off of that, i.e. play one against Minnesota. Like there's there's things that you can do. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a few nuanced things that you can do within your playbook to, uh, as Coach Brian said when I was there, it's lipstick on a pig, meaning you can do a lot of the same things from different looks. 
Now I've been a big advocate for like bubbles and like quick screens, you know, just get the ball to your playmakers. And we've been uh, missing that, I think, because what it can do is it can expand the box a little bit and they're number two. So like our, our number two would be our slot receiver. And what I mean by slot receivers, there's a guy on the outside, like Deontay Vines or Seth Anderson. He's our outside receiver. The next receiver in would be our slot or our number two. What we've been doing is we've been putting him closer to the line of scrimmage, which kind of allows him to win in or out. So the thought process is like, okay, if he needs to get across the field, he's closer now so he can get into the line of vision from the quarterback sooner. Because on every pass play, there's what's called a read from the quarterback. He's reading the defense. And so he'll go through his progression. So like it's his first read is the out. Is the out open? No. Second read is the deep. Okay, is the, is the deep go route open? No. Third read is the crosser open based on what's coming into his field of vision. And you'll see it sometimes if you watch like pro guys, especially, but Deacon's pretty good at it. His entire body will move to his next read. So he's ready to throw once he sees it, Mm. but like you have to work through the progression. So if Nico, in this case, I'm just going to use Nico because he most likely uh, is the slot receiver. When he is there, if he's close to the line of scrimmage, he's probably either working across the field so he can get into the Deacon's line of sight quicker so he can be in the progression, have a chance to make a play or He's running an out route and they're giving him enough room to be able to run the out route without going out of bounds. Now, it, it can be tough on a defense uh, if if like, um, you know, you're trying to play a man to man. You don't know because he could go in. He could go out like that's the thought. But the other side of that is you're bringing more guys into the box. And when you put Nico close to the tackle or close to the tight end, you're bringing in the linebackers and the safeties and you're bringing in more bodies. We talked about before, like hats and you don't want to get out hatted, which means they have more guys than our guys on any given thing. And sometimes when you bring those guys in and then Nico might be running a route, but maybe now that the DB is so close, he just wants to blitz. And that's a, that's a trigger for the defensive players. You know, it's like, okay, well, when he's lined up here, they don't have enough to block us. I'm going to blitz. Okay, so with all of that in mind, what does that mean? Like you'd rather have them more spaced out or what? Personally, as a receiver, like, and I'm used to being on the perimeter, I kind of like them having to declare what they're in. Like based on if whether in a bunch formation uh, where like there's three or more wide receivers that are clumped together or a stack formation where there's two receivers, typically they have to define what they're doing. So if you go wider, there was linebackers and safeties have to go wider. They have to declare, are you going to play man to man on me or not? Whereas if you're kind of closer, sometimes they can disguise man-to-man or zone a little bit easier just because they're near everybody else. But if you widen them or if you go into a cluster or a bunch or whatever you want to call it, stack out on the perimeter, now those three guys have to declare, are they playing man-to-man? Are they playing some type of zone? It's a lot easier to see that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also still think that, you know, I talked about bubbles and stuff. You can hit that stuff easier when they're a little bit wider because, again, you know that the guy playing over them is – 10 to 12 yards off. So it makes them declare, are you going to play off? Like you're playing a true cover two. Are you playing a cover four? Are you playing man to man? Are you going to play press man? Like it's, I just think pre-snap it's a lot easier, but I also understand why you would want him nearby because it allows more things for him to do. I just think, uh, again, being a receiver, I like stuff on the perimeter and I like using that as, as an extension of the run game. I've talked about that before, just because it's a quick pass. Um, so, I mean, those are all things that I like to do personally, but, um, you know, we'll kind of see, again, you don't need to change anything in your offense. Like the the plays aren't bad. It's just, we need to execute at a higher level. I do declare. Do you know that? (laughs) 
an office reference. Do you guys watch The Office? Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else you want to say about the bye week? Just a good time for rest, recovery, Iowa v. Iowa, see what comes out, and move on. Get to the rest of the season. Um, really quickly, let's just talk about, okay, we got the loss against Minnesota now, um, the loss earlier in this season with Penn State. Now we're moving forward with where do we stand in the West? So it's kind of a weird situation here, you know, two losses. Uh, think about the two teams that were Minnesota's obviously up there because they beat us. They've got two losses in the Big Ten. Uh, they lost to Northwestern and they lost to uh, Michigan. So they're a two-loss Big Ten team, which trumps us, right, because they own the head-to-head, but they still play Ohio State. So you expect Ohio State to take care of business when they play, so they would drop them down to three losses. Um, we would have two. Wisconsin plays Ohio State coming up. So again, you hope Ohio State does what they need to do, knocks off Wisconsin. That gives them three, which realistically, I mean, we're two and two, so we own the tiebreaker, but it'd be nice to get a third one on that side. So the road to Indy is still there. It's just unfortunate that you lost, you know, one of the trophies. You know, you're not going to be able to bring home four trophies this season, but that doesn't mean that everything you worked for in the offseason is off the table. Mm-hmm. You can still get a great bowl game. You can still go to the Big Ten Championship and still win a Big Ten Championship. Um, but I think that this week is really like big on getting everybody ready for that run because it's a run. Mm-hmm. It, it, like you got to be able locked in, you be able to be locked in week in and week out to make that happen. But as if Ohio State takes care of business now, if Minnesota wins out, it goes through Minnesota. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. But they have to play Wisconsin and Ohio State yet, so we'll kind of see what shakes out. Okay, and Halloween is coming up, Matt. Did you know this? Yes. Okay, so I had to get this all set up technologically, the help of John. <laughs> but I have not seen this, <laughs> and I'm really annoyed. With Halloween coming up, my sister and I came up with this lovely idea that we needed to go through our costumes throughout the you years. You didn't have to. No, it's a great idea. It's a Halloween episode, and it starts all the way back in 2015, first year that we dressed up together. So Matt and I used to love Halloween. Now that we're parents, it's all about the kids, so... Just a little bit different. And when I say Matt and I loved Halloween, I mean I loved Halloween. So here we are. Talk them through. This is our first one. This is back in 2015. Matt and I, as kids, were big um, Pokemon fans. So he's Ash Ketchum, and then I'm Pikachu. Innocent. It's not a big deal. It was a good one. Costumes were homemade from top to bottom. Yeah. I made all of that. I remember buying those and one shoes at uh, Walmart Walmart for like four (laughs) dollars. Okay, moving on. The next year. We were Joker and Harley Quinn. This was a top tier costume because this was right when Suicide, Suicide Squad mm-hmm, Suicide Squad came out. And so we were like, we're going to do Harley Quinn and Joker like the best because we know a lot of people are going to be that. And so here we are, 2016, right after you broke your foot and I made you wear those <laughs> shoes. <laughs> that was one of the most eventful nights uh, in terms of the team because that was also the bye week. Mm-hmm. That's gonna stay an inside story. Well, let's just say Matt had a lot. Matt of fun. was fine. Matt had a lot. Matt was of fine. Fun. The other two <laughs> were not as. Uh... You were not fine. Matt got kicked out of Ponchero's bathroom. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> You're not playing anymore. I can say this. Okay, next. So then the next year we stayed with the like <laughs> costumes with the, um, I don't know, is it Marvel? What is it? DC? I don't know what they are. It doesn't matter. We were Harvey Dent and then Joker that was like, as he's walking out of the hospital and he's dressed like a nurse. And so that's, that's what I was. We got dressed up. Yeah, we went, went to the party. 
Yes. Walked in, realized we don't want to be at this party, walked out, took the photo, went home. Yep. That's exactly what happened that year. <laughs> that happens when you get married in college. Okay. This one, this was epic. This was um, Spider-Man and Venom. Matt was Spider-Man. I was Venom. This is when it gets really good. If you're just listening, <laughs> you have to go. You have to go to YouTube and see and see this next pictures. So this one. <laughs> this, oh, sorry. This one's still a good one. This is up close to the faces. Because Laura did all the makeup. I did. Or did do, your sister do? No, I did the makeup that year. Okay. And then here's Matt. Stupid stuff. I was Spider-Man. <laughs> this one. Then we went on a party bus with some friends. And then <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I was Spider-Man. It's like so embarrassing. But I have to share it. Okay, so in the funny. comments, who wouldn't do this if you're Spider-Man? Okay. I don't even know what's next because I just can't with that picture. It's so stupid. Okay. Okay. So this year <laughs> we were. I know where this is going. I can't even think of her name right now. But Beatrix. we were Beatrix Lestrange and Voldemort from Harry Potter. Okay. So hold on. Before <laughs> the backstory here, I had to have my sister-in-law come in and tell Laura to chill out because she wanted me well, first of all, Voldemort doesn't have a nose. I don't know if everybody knows this. Voldemort doesn't really have a nose. They like he has no cartilage. It's just the holes. And so Laura wanted to take masking tape around my head to make my nose Flat. non-existent. <laughs> and I had to have Steph come and say, "No, Laura, like you're actually messed up. Don't <laughs> you can't do that to him." I just wanted to know how committed you were to the costume. Okay, so we. <laughs> We agreed that we would just, we would have it at this. That's a bald cap, by the way. It actually worked out pretty well. So these next pictures. Don't. These next pictures are so good. So this is Matt sitting in the party bus. <laughs> <laughs> the... <laughs> the... <laughs> so at the time. <laughs> Everyone thought he was powder. From that movie Powder? I had never heard of it. I'd never heard of it either, but if you look up Powder, it looks just like him. And I was like, no, he's full. So, this is kind of going off the rails. But what's sad is that I'm sure it's the next photo. It's the worst photo okay. of all time. And then... Is it the next crying one? Crying so hard. That's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> He's just the worst Voldemort of all time. Oh my gosh, I'm crying so hard because this was, it was such a labor of love. And Stop. Matt always got just screwed with our <laughs> Halloween costumes. Okay. <clears throat> and then... I was always a trooper. Here's another one. He kind of got screwed. The next year we were the Grinch <laughs> and Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> Why did you agree to do this stuff? <laughs> what we do for love. Hey. Oh my gosh. Don't judge me out there. <laughs> you see tears There's on the... Such a commitment. And this is just... <coughs> this is just an up close to my face because I thought the makeup was really good. Um, there we go. And the hair. My sister did that too. 
oh, okay. And then <laughs> next year, we were these guys from Zootopia. I don't even know their names. They're not, uh, those costumes aren't as good, but still a commitment. <laughs> the face paint and everything. We went out to Fong's Pizza for dinner yeah. dressed like that. <laughs> and it wasn't even Halloween. We, it was like a Halloween party bus with your friends. And we just happened to be like, hey, we're, we're going to go to Fong's. Gosh dang it. No, R.I.P. Fong's Pizza. Crying on the podcast. Okay. And then to some happier times for Matt, this was, we stopped dressing up once we had kids. This is Thankfully. Dax's first, <laughs> his first costume, a little werewolf guy. And then the next costume, he turned a lot cooler and he was a baseball player. And this year he wants to be an Iowa football player to round it all out and bring it back to Hawkeye football. That's, that's his dream. He wants to be a football player guy for the Hawkeyes. Football player guy. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. A trip down memory lane. A trip that, that I no longer care to go down. <laughs> is the things you do for love. Oh, my gosh. Matt, makeup everywhere. I'm crying. All right, Matt. It's the bye week. It's time to... Yeah, I'm about to say bye to this podcast. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I feel like I was going to round it out with something and I can't even remember, but I will say Logan Lee was a fantastic interview, such a cool guy. Um, and we learned a lot after we were done, like filming and everything. And he told us- Beacon like, of information. The, yeah. He's a hobbyist is what he said. Totally wish I would ask more about this when we were talking to him, but he just like hones in on one thing, masters it, and then moves on to the next. It's pretty incredible. Also learned that he does a lot of things to maintain weight. What was the shake? I think he said six sunny side up eggs, a core 42, which is like a protein shake. It's like 16 ounces or, or something like that. It's a pretty good size, you know, standard protein shake. Um, a big sur bar, which is like 600 to 800 calories per bar. Uh, olive oil and honey. Crazy. Every morning. So many calories. But it works. It works for him. As long as it works. Yeah. Such a good interview. Okay. Let's go into Halloween weekend and the bye week, and then we will come back next week, get ready for Northwestern at Wrigley Field. It's going to be cool. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just damaged from what happened, so. I had to put it out there for the world. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have to. Nobody made you do anything. <laughs> All right. We will be back next monday hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as always please like subscribe leave comments in the comment section not on um, this one <laughs> please let us know how you felt about matt's halloween costumes and how much he should probably hate me um if you're on spotify or apple um please leave like a review five stars if you love it and some some comments whatever it is please do it we would love for you to share talking hawks with your friends and your family or whoever needs to hear it so Anyway, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>